Welcome to Redefining Lung Cancer Together, a podcast brought to you by Roche, which aims to support people with lung cancer on their patient journey. My name is Emily Pracakova, and I work on the Global Patient Partnership Team at Roche. Today, I'm joined by two special guests who will help us to explore the importance of biomarker testing in lung cancer. Why is this so important? Because biomarker testing helps doctors gain a better understanding of the specific characteristics of a tumor, which can then help guide on uh, personalized treatment options. Not all people with lung cancer will have biomarkers that can be found through testing. However, even the absence of biomarkers can offer valuable insights to identify a specific cancer subtype and inform treatment approaches. I'm delighted to be joined today by Lorraine Tyler, an advocate and a woman living with lung cancer, who will talk about her first-hand experience of biomarker testing, and Mark Brook, Chief Executive Officer of Lung Foundation Australia, who will explain why it's so important for people to know why, how, and when to talk to their doctor about testing. A very warm welcome to you both. Lorraine, would you like to start by telling us a little bit about your background? Thank you, Emily. And and thank you so much for inviting me to be part of this important podcast on biomarkers. My name's Lorraine Tyler and I'm 59 years old. I'm married and I've been living with late stage lung cancer for six years. I've been advocating for better outcomes for lung cancer for over five years now. Of course, my life was different before cancer. I was born in England in 1964. I'm the eldest of three sisters. I accidentally migrated to Australia in 2002 while I was on a round-the-world trip, trekking up as many mountains and walking as many long-distance trails as I could. I've been a lifelong distance runner. I have enjoyed a varied and successful, stimulating career, and I miss it, to be honest. Like many people in their early 50s, I was busy working and preparing for our retirement. Overall, I'd classify my previous self as a career-driven workaholic with a running and a hiking problem, and that kept me very busy. Nice to meet you. Mark, over to you. Would you like to tell us a little bit more about yourself? Oh, hi, Emily. And um, it's always a privilege to follow someone like Lorraine as a lung cancer patient advocate. My name is Mark Brook. I have the privilege of being the Chief Executive Officer of the Lung Foundation here in Australia. The Lung Foundation is the peak health advisory body for lung disease and lung cancer to the Australian government. But more importantly to my professional role, uh, 10 years ago in 2012, 2013, I was the carer to my mother, Roberta, who has lost since lost her life to lung cancer. So I, in my professional life, I lead a wonderful group of staff that provide support to people living with lung cancer and their families. Uh, but in my personal life, I also am someone who's deeply passionate about the inequity and the stigma that surrounds lung cancer. And I'm really delighted to share both my personal and professional views around uh, biomarker testing. Thank you so much for the introductions. And then let me move to Lorraine first. I would like to kick us off by asking you a little bit more about your diagnosis. What were your initial thoughts back then? How did you feel? Oh, when I was first told I had lung cancer back in 2017 and that it had spread, I think I went into a state of shock. I had absolutely no symptoms and the lung cancer was found by accident, so I wasn't prepared for such devastating news. 
my lungs have been good to me over the years, allowing me to run marathons and ultra marathons and trek up mountains. So I found my brain would not accept what I was being told by the doctors. And I soon realized that lung cancer was far more complicated than I had ever imagined. And I found it very difficult to find out more about it, apart from the very distressing statistics on Dr. Google. I have to say, we felt quite alone and lost in this health disaster. And when did you hear about biomarker testing during your patient journey? Did you know what it was at that time? Well, that's a really interesting question because when I was diagnosed, I didn't know what biomarker testing was. I hadn't even heard of it. And I didn't know that I'd already been tested for biomarkers after my first biopsy. I was told then I had one treatment option only, which was combined chemotherapy and radiation therapy. So I took that option right away. Just after that course of treatment ended, my then oncologist told me some tests were back and that there was a biomarker in my tumour and that this would be useful later when the cancer had spread. He said I'd be able to take a pill every day when that happened. To be honest, I still wasn't clear what, that, what it was all about at that time, so I did telephone a lung cancer nurse at the Lung Foundation Australia. <clears throat> Excuse me. That nurse explained that biomarkers can help further diagnose the type of cancer a patient like me has and therefore help us access the best possible treatment for ourselves and for our lung cancer. And that for my particular biomarker, there was a targeted therapy available. She also explained how important it is to have your case reviewed by a multidisciplinary team. That nurse actually gave me some of the language I needed to be more effective and have more informed conversations with my oncologist. Mark, does it resonate with you? Have you had or have you had similar experiences from other people who are living with lung cancer? Yeah, absolutely. I think any diagnosis of lung cancer is incredibly traumatic for people and um, everyone that I speak to uh, finds themselves in a state of shock. But more importantly, there's almost an assumed level of um, belief within some healthcare professionals that people will already know this. Um, they'll know what a biomarker is. They'll know what a treatment is. They'll know what type of cancer they've got. They'll know what staging means. And that that inadvertent health literacy issue com is compounded for lung cancer because the community sees lung cancer as one type of cancer when in fact, as you said, it's multiple types. Um, so it's a lot for patients and uh, their loved ones to take in at that initial point of diagnosis, which then means you can't remember what's been told to you or you don't have a chance to think about the types of questions that you might ask your treating healthcare professional. So um, Lorraine's story is, isn't uncommon. And that's one of the reasons why the Lung Foundation spends so much time educating patients about what their journey might look like. Lorraine, why was the biomarker testing so important uh, for you at that time? What did it change for you? Well, after chemotherapy, radiation therapy and surgery, my lung cancer did spread throughout both lungs and into my liver. And that was by 2019. And to be honest, I thought my time was up at that point. But my new oncologist asked for a biopsy to be taken from the tumour that had spread into my liver and for it to be tested again to make sure I still had the same biomarker that had previously been identified. 
it came back positive. So I was immediately started on a targeted therapy. And I personally responded extremely well to that treatment. The tumours mostly disappeared within a couple of months. And look, I know this isn't a cure, and I'm regularly scanned to see if the cancer is growing again. But today, I've enjoyed four years without that cancer growing back. So biomarker testing and targeted therapy has improved my cancer treatment significantly, to the point where currently I'm trying to get fit enough to run again. That's wonderful news. What have you learned throughout the process that you would like to share with others so they don't have to go through the painful journey that you needed to go through? Is there anything they should know immediately from the start? Well, of course, I've experienced a lot and therefore I've learned a lot since I was diagnosed. And I now know that there are a number of biomarkers that can be present in lung cancer and that there are a variety of targeted therapies that can be used to treat those cancers. I've also learned that more targeted therapies become available over time because of advances in research. So even if you can't access them immediately, it doesn't mean you won't always be able to access them. So keep asking your doctors about biomarkers and the related treatments available for you. Mark, is there any specific advice you would like to get, give to people who are diagnosed uh, with lung cancer and who are exactly in the same similar situation that uh, Lorraine was some time ago? I think it's it's really important that regardless of your health literacy, that you understand that a diagnosis of cancer can be incredibly confronting. So um, first and foremost, we strongly recommend everyone gets a mental health care plan. Uh, and that's really, really important. And it's something, Emily, you know I'm particularly passionate about because if you can take care of your mind and calm your mind, then you're in a better position to be able to ask the questions of your treating healthcare team. I think uh, Lorraine mentioned Dr. Google. I mean, Google is an area that you should treat with great skepticism. Reach out to credible uh, lung cancer patient organisations for advice and support. Ask people that are already on the journey. There are numerous online forums where people can give you some of their lived experience. Um, for me, you know, it's a very simple um, question is, you know, what stage and what type? Um, and if you are, if you remember that question at, for, at point of first diagnosis, or if someone comes up and asks you as a patient, what are the things that I should know immediately? It's what stage is my lung cancer? But in credit, is there a specific type and is there a particular subtype? And if you can remember those three simple questions, and you insist on asking those every time, um, do not be afraid to get a second opinion. I think Lorraine's story is the classic example where she was put on a journey which didn't end up being the right journey for her and has subsequently gone on to find the right healthcare treating team and the right uh, treatment. So be, be confident that you can ask for a second opinion. Know that it is your healthcare and that your treating healthcare team are on your side, but make sure that you take control of the information. In this case, knowledge is power. And you know, the earlier you can get that knowledge from a reputable source and go armed with the questions, the better your journey will be. There's absolutely no doubt in my own personal experience, had I have known this with my own mum, that I would have asked all of those questions. What stage? what type and is there a biomarker if you can get those three things right 
then maybe your treatment opportunities will be better for you. But if you don't ask and your healthcare professional is not aware, you know, globally, not everyone has the luxury that we have in Australia of having many of these uh, particular tests. So if you can and you're, you can get it from your healthcare system, then certainly pursue it with all the energy you possibly can. And Lorraine, you have been amazing in asking questions. Mark was talking about the need of asking questions and actually taking care of yourself and being the one who drives this questioning of your of your doctors. How did you go about these questions? Do you have any tips for the listeners? How can they ask the right questions to their doctor? Well, first of all, with regards to biomarker testing, I'd say it's critical. This is echoing what Mark said, really. It's critical that all of us living with lung cancer ask for our cancer to be tested for biomarkers as soon as possible after diagnosis and whenever the cancer progresses so that we can access the optimal care to fight the lung cancer and all parts of our lung cancer journey. But when it comes to conversations with doctors, well, it is important to find a doctor that you can have such conversations with. And as Mark mentioned, I've had two sets of doctors on my lung cancer journey and I find it much easier to discuss my health options with my current doctors. It's okay to change doctors to find the right fit for you and your family because communication is crucial. And also go to other resources. If you're not confident, do some work, do some um, background research. And as I mentioned, I got help from the lung cancer nurse, but I also found other patients through social media. Um, Again, as Mark mentioned, there are plenty of um, online forums where You can log in and benefit from the experience of other patients. And of course, health charities and like the Lung Foundation in Australia and Cancer Council have lots of resources to help explain things and guide us about what questions to ask the doctors. Just don't be afraid to ask and don't be afraid to keep asking. Thank you, Lorraine. Mark, it would be great to chat a bit more about your perspective and your work as CEO of Lung Foundation Australia. And not only about that, you were sharing with us earlier that you have a very direct and personal experience with lung cancer through your mom. Um, What does biomarker testing mean in terms of different treatment options? We mentioned it in the beginning, but can you care to explain a little bit more why it is so important when it comes to treatment? I think, Emily, if if we go back to maybe 15 years ago, people saw lung cancer as a death sentence. They saw it as lacking hope. Um, What we've seen with the rapid advances in the identification of biomarkers, the number of biomarkers, the number of treatments available, the diagnostic platforms that are now there, is that, that we are now talking more optimistically about lung cancer and I think it's that giving people hope is what made it so attractive to come to the Lung Foundation. I really wanted to give people a sense that having a diagnosis of lung cancer was not your fault. Um, You know, people carry this terrible burden that somehow they've brought them upon themselves or if you happen to be a never smoker that somehow there's this unjustness. Now a diagnosis of lung cancer or a diagnosis indeed of any cancer, is a terrible, terrible burden. Um, So being able to do something about changing the conversation around lung cancer has been a bit of a personal and professional mission. Now, I think 
bringing uh, lung cancer screening on board, introducing biomarker testing, aligning people with clinical trials, making sure that people are well-armed with the information and support services or the ecosystem around them to make that journey as optimistic and as easy as possible has one of the reasons why I just love my job as a CEO. And I get, you know, it's, it's a privilege to walk alongside people like Lorraine and several other patient advocates who sadly have passed away in my five years at the Lung Foundation. It's a privilege. You have been talking so much about biomarker testing today, but Mark, what is your favorite definition of biomarker testing? What is it actually that we have been talking about? So I think there's, let's start with biomarkers and what they are first, because I think that's, that'll help us position what the tests do. But so if you think about a biomarker as a protein or a hormone or a piece of DNA that the cancer cells release or that your body releases in response to having your lung cancer. So that's what a biomarker is. And then, so how do we test that biomarker? Well, a lung cancer biomarker testing is sometimes referred to as things like a tumor or a molecular or a genomic test, but that looks at the changes in the tumor's DNA. So there's biomarkers, which are pieces of DNA, which your body gives off or the tumor gives off, but then the test itself looks at the genomic change of that and then comes up with the particular type of biomarker, which we then go on and uh, test. Now, it's really important we test as early as possible so that we can find out what type of biomarker it is. And then as your disease or the cancer progresses, we test again. That's the really important thing. Just going back to practical sakes, you know me, practical girls. <laughs> is there a yeah. good time to get tested? Uh, is there an optimal time for people who are living with lung cancer uh, to have their myobarker tested? Yep. Look, I think the gold standard is that we want to try to identify your lung cancer as early as possible, stage one and stage two. Now, we know that that's not where everyone is at at the moment. Most lung cancers are diagnosed far too late because they're asymptomatic. It's very difficult to identify its lung cancer. Uh, my advice is that you should be asking for a biomarker testing, whether you're in a public or a private system. The moment that you come back and they say to us, "I, you know, we have a stage and it's stage four or stage three, you should be asking, what am I... What are my biomarker opportunities? The earlier that we can introduce that as gold standard of care um, and the earlier that health and hospital systems and payers and government recognise that we are no longer talking about precision medicine, it is here and now. It is It has been here and now for several years and we need health and hospital systems, payers, patients, doctors, the whole entire lung cancer community to real to let that sink in and resonate that biomarker testing should be afforded to every patient at every opportunity as early as possible. Thank you. Lorraine, does it resonate with you and your experience? And if you were to share with the listeners the three things you would like other people to know about testing, what would those be perhaps? Well, it definitely does resonate. And I think that Three things, if when I think about sitting in front of my doctor, and this is what we're faced with um, regularly, I would say this to other people in my position, it is okay 
to ask your doctor about exactly what type of lung cancer you have, including whether you have any biomarkers present. It is okay to ask whether your cancer has been tested for biomarkers and to ask why it hasn't been tested if the answer is no. And if you are positive for a biomarker, ask the doctor if there is a targeted therapy available for you and when and how you might access it. I think that those three things are very important when you're sitting there face to face with your oncologist. Um, if they say no, ask them why. You need to know, as Mark mentioned earlier, what exactly what type of lung cancer have you got? And I'll just add, yes, it's crucial to have it done when you're first diagnosed, but it's very important to be retested if the cancer progresses because these tumours can change over time. And so your biomarker may subtly change, which might mean you need a different targeted therapy. So don't just, well, let's say, make sure you get tested when you're first diagnosed, but then every time there's a change or a progression in your cancer, ask for another biomarker test to make sure you're still on the optimal targeted therapy for you. Thank you, Lorraine, that was very clear. Mark, from your perspective, what are the key challenges that are currently related to biomarker testing? What do the people living with lung cancer need to go through when they are facing these challenges? Would you have any advice for them? So f first and foremost, you need to understand what the opportunities are for you as a patient. Uh, and you need to be able to have a strong and at times forthright conversation with your treating healthcare team. For me as a patient advocate that represents the community here in Australia, it's important that we get government to realise that sometimes they have an unconscious bias towards lung cancer. We need to make sure that uh, biomarker testing is not just accessible, but also affordable to every Australian. Make sure either as a country that has both a public and a private healthcare system that work in tandem for many patients, that patients are informed about their options for treatment from the very get-go. I mean, Lorraine is fantastic at reminding me that we're, tissue is the issue, as someone says, and we need to make sure that we constantly, as people progress along their journey, they're constantly going back and being tested. But we know with biomarkers and we know with testing that we can make a substantial difference in the lives of everyone around the world. So if you're a healthcare system or a government payer and this isn't front and centre for you, the question we have as patient advocates is why not? And that's the most important thing for me. Access, equitable access, informed patients, well-trained healthcare professionals uh, and a well-oiled healthcare system can profoundly change the landscape for lung cancer. You can't ask for anything more than that. Thank you so much for these wonderful insights and your valuable contribution today. If you were to wrap up, what would be the take-home message that one thing that the other people who are listening to this podcast or other people living with lung cancer should know on biomarker testing? Lorraine, what would be that one message from you? 
Okay. It may sound like three messages, actually, but I would say um, when first diagnosed, just take a breath and get yourself informed about lung cancer and the treatments that are, that are available before you make decisions. Because as a patient, our biggest challenge is that we know nothing about this disease until we are hit with that dreadful news that we have it. And let your family and your friends help you with this if they can, because it's difficult in those first weeks to take it all on board and to get over the shock. Definitely ask about be um, asked to be tested for biomarkers when you're first diagnosed and every time your lung cancer progresses. And finally, I would say, never give up hope. Researchers are working hard all the time, finding new biomarkers and new targeted therapies. Governments are regularly funding more treatments. And many people are working hard to find better ways to fight lung cancer. I can say this because I know it is true because my treatment options have increased since I was diagnosed six years ago. And my life goal, one of the most important ones for me at this moment in time, is to be well enough to, to be able to get back to the UK to see my dad again. He's, he's 83, you know, and I've, I've had a bit of a rough time these last six years, but I desperately want to get back and, and see him. Um, so that's why treatment is so important. And that's why living with lung cancer in the best possible way should be a priority and a right for us all. Thank you so much for sharing, Lorraine. Mark, that one take-home message from your side and from the side of Lung Foundation Australia. There is always help. Find, find help from within your family, from within community organisations like Lung Foundation Australia. Um, Knowledge is power. The more knowledge you have about lung cancer from reputable sources, the more equipped you will be to tackle your journey. Um, but finally, it's not your fault you've got lung cancer. You're like every other cancer patient. You deserve every opportunity and every treatment opportunity include biomarker testing, just like any other cancer patient. If you can remember that, and as Lorraine says, she always makes me tear up. If, if you can be optimistic and hopeful, that's half the battle. Thank you so much to both of you for your inspirational work, supporting people who are living with lung cancer to navigate this really complex diagnosis that lung cancer is. Thank you to all for listening and for more information about this topic, please visit roche.com or also very importantly, the pages of Lung Foundation Australia at lungfoundation.com.au. Thank you so much. Thanks, Emily. Thank you. Thank you, Lorraine. Thank you, Mark. Mm -hmm.